That's why it's. Welcome to Sydney Job Show. I'm Job. I'm Sydney. And this is the Sydney Job Show. And this is Detroit, your hometown team. You bet we are. Now we are talking the Revens. And, right. and we are talking. We are, we are talking pre show about how they matched up against, like, not, not match up. What characteristics would you take from these playoff teams and put in Detroit Ravens? And just, I know you can't see us, but we are both sitting here in matching, almost, Red Wings t-shirts. We are totally repping the wings today. Um, feeling it. We're feeling it, yeah, because you know what? Here's the thing. I see the Red Wings moving closer and closer to these playoff teams. We're down to four now. Um, we've got uh, both conference finals uh, going on. We're down to um, Tampa Bay, New York Rangers. Um Gosh, Colorado Avalanche. And and I Gosh, I just drew a blank. And so after such an amazing game yesterday between the Abs and the Oilers, you, and you thought it was amazing. Lot, I thought it was it was horrible. I thought it was great. Look, it was exciting. It was high scoring. They said beforehand it was, was going to be high scoring. It was one of the worst games I've ever seen. Now, if I was going to build a team, well, that's because you're a goalie and you're no, looking at it from a goalie's no, perspective. No, I'm looking at it as I'm looking at it as, that's not fun to watch. It's not fun to watch two teams score. Five plus Two four. goals, nine seconds apart. How could that no, not be fun? That that's just stupidity. Like I was, I'm, I'm not even. I'm not even a coach, and I was pulling my hair out. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like nine seconds later, you let this guy score a goal. Are you out of your damn mind? Like, what is wrong with you? And I, I looked back at the Rebels, and I was like, I was like, well, if I was going to take any part of this, these two teams, I would take nothing from those two teams. Well, you, know, you can't help- now. If you look at the Tampa Bay and the New York series, you know what I would take away from those. Get me a guy in the goaltending increase who can actually be a guy who is a rock behind the defense, who can show that he can play the game the right way and steal a game or two. That's definitely what I picked up from the uh, the last uh, series was. Um, like how big? How big is the Shesterkin play for the Rangers? Vasilevsky for the, the oh Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky is a wall, man. That guy is a a god in net. There's no doubt about it. What I see is strong defense, strong defense, strong defense. Now we did not see that in this this last game. Hmm. Uh, you can't see you saw strong defense because you had a 13 that goal looked, score. You know what that looked like? That looked like that looked like Red Wings and Maple Leafs. <laughs> well. Because I, I look at those teams similar. It's, you know, the, the the Maple Leafs have a good offense, right? Yeah. Defense is a little bit subpar. Goaltending is a little bit subpar. But the Robins had a pretty decent offense, but their de- defense is subpar, and their goaltending is subpar. I mean, the, the Maple Leafs have more offensive talent on that roster, but man, that's that was exactly what I, I would compare it to. Because I look at I look at I look at Colorado and Edmonton, and I go, okay, where's their Victor Hedman? Where's their Adam Fox, right? Right. I, don't, I mean, Kale McCart is a good – he's a good defenseman, but he's kind of a freelancing guy, not a really a, a, a shutdown defenseman. He's a guy that's going to score a lot. He's a, he's, a, he's a good offensive defenseman. But defensively, he kind of uh, – he leaves a little bit more to be desired. Well, you know, here's the thing is that it almost doesn't matter which one of these teams come out of the West or uh, because they're going to 
they're going to lose it to Tampa Bay. They're going to get blown apart by either team in the East. Yeah, I, I think I, I think Tampa Bay is going to come I out think, there. I think Tampa Bay could really give Colorado nightmares because. Well, look at the four goalies. Who of those goalies can compare, or who of those three can compare with Vasilevsky? Really? Justerkin. I mean, I just I don't see. It I mean, if, matter. if it's Edmonton, it doesn't matter if you've got Kafka, that top line yeah. coming up against Vasilevsky. He's not going to let those goals in. No. Period. So it doesn't matter. You're not going against Darcy Kemper. Right. Right. <laughs> or, and so, or Pavel Francois. <laughs> okay. Right. So it's not going to matter. But you can't help but when you watch these playoffs, you can't help but compare these lineups to the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> and you say, okay. Where do our wings – if our wings were up against any one of these teams, they would be absolutely slaughtered. I mean, it wouldn't even be humane. It would be brutal. I think I think the – I think the forward group could – the first and second line could – you know, the first line especially with Larkin, Bertuzzi, and Raymond, I think they could compete with Edmonton. But when you get to the second line, you got Nugent Hopkins, you got Vander Kane, and you got uh, Hyman. I think that that's where a drop off would be, and that's I think that's where you look at like the second line. Like we've been saying, you know, a lot of these people have been reiterating what we've been saying, but we've been saying second line center and a second line winger. That's what you need. Yep. And then you and can... I've always been a goal. To, I said we need some more depth in that, and that's exactly what they're saying. Oh, geez, I just think... got to find these three positions. Well, no kidding. Have you well, have you been listening to the Cindy and Joe show? You've been listening to Between the Whistles, and that's. That's where you're coming up with this analysis that we had two months ago. I do think, though, that a guy like Sebastian Costa will be your Andre Vasilevsky. And I have, I actually have, I actually have a comp for Cider because I was watching Victor Hedman play, and he looks at Cider and Hedman play the same exact way. They're kind of cautious. They like to hit the body. Those are two different guys. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can tell why, you know, Mr. Stevie Y picked those guys that he did. Well, and obviously he was the architect behind Vasilevsky. I mean, Costa well. is winning player of the week in WHL. He's he's killing it with the Edmonton Oil Kings. I mean, they play in the same place the, the Oilers do. And they have the better goalie. Than the Oilers do. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just, it's. I, I watched the Oilers and like, yeah, you would love to have their forward group, but like their defensive group. I mean, when they go up against a team like the Colorado Avalanche, they go up against a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, even the Rangers. I mean, that's a lot to deal with because your goalie can't be really cut. You, you really can't lean on your goalie like Mike Smith. You can't lean on your defense like, hey, guys, can you help me out here? Like, that's not the way it works. Like, with the with the, the Lightning and the Rangers, they can say, okay, if we have an off game offensively, our goaltender is going to keep us in it. And that's what you got to look at. Like, if Edmonton comes out in the next game against Colorado, scores five goals, do you think – Colorado was like, oh, our goalie can still keep us in this thing until we can bow our way back. Right. I mean, sure, that could happen, but that's like, that's just uh, not real possibility, especially if Darcy Kemper was hurt. That's really, that's, you're going to, you're going to your second, third string goaltender to carry you through the Stanley Cup finals. Like how? 
Right. Yeah. No, I think that getting a reliable netminder and a reliable backup is really going to be very, very important. That's, that's where I'm really looking for Steve to fill that hole. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I think Ned did well uh, given his first year. I mean, he had more shutouts, I think, than any other rookie goaltender. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's definitely something to build on there. Sebastian Colson looks like he's going to be good at coming up. I think, I think, I think the Rebels have, but I don't think they're going to be ready for next year, Joe. I think, I think it's going to take I think, another year. No, I think I think I think they'll be ready for next year because I I think to compete to just get in the playoffs. I mean, to just have two good lines, have two good deep pairings. Because if you look at these two teams that are in the Western Conference Finals right now, they have two good lines and two good deep pairings. That's it. And I still think actually that the Colorado Avalanche have the momentum. I think what we're going to see is we're going to see an abs lightning um, Stanley cup finals. It don't even matter what, what team has come from the West. Cause they're going to get their ass kicked. No matter if they play the Rangers or the uh, lightning. Well, because, the- because I mean, the lightning can go out and say, here's our fourth line, Patrick Maroon and Corey Perry on the wings. Good luck. Like good luck. Because Corey Perry can still score, Patrick Maroon can still score, and they're bigger guys, so they like to lay the body. And their their third pair of defensemen is actually still pretty good. That's what I, you know, when you look at the way uh, Eisman's been building his team, you got to look at Tampa Bay because the way he's been building it and the way he drafts some of these players, like the Carter Mazurs, the Cross Hannes, the Simon Edmondson, uh, you can see how they compare to some of these guys like I. Simon Edmondson was reading from a Swedish newspaper that they compare him like a, a Sergachev or a McDonough, where he's kind of just like a, a rangy defenseman that could make plays in the offense zone, but he's a really good defenseman. I think that's why he went that way. And like Lucas Raymond, you look at him and you compare him to like a kind of like a could be a Kucherov type guy. Mm-hmm. And that's, what, that's the way that I think that um, they're building this. I mean, you look at the Rangers, even the Rangers. I mean, they have – their defensive core is not the way that they're built. I mean, Adam Fox, he was a guy that was given up on by the Calgary Flames. Yeah. He won a Norris Trophy, so. Well, and I and I still But think... I thought it was interesting, though, that, that, that the – when the Rangers won the Carolina period, the Carolina series, did you know every player since 2018 on the roster, there's about 10% that has stayed over was by that general manager. You see how quickly it took them to get the up to speed? I think yeah. that could be the Red Wings in a few years. I think what the Red Wings need to do is they just need to make a couple of changes. It's not like they got to do a wholesale change like the Lions had to do or a wholesale mm-hmm. change like the Tigers need to do when we we're talking about that. The Red Wings really just, you know, it's it's been a very uh, gradual and progressive. Go get build. your go get your Panarin. Go get your. Uh, he needs three. He needs three spots. He needs to fill three. He needs he needs a solid. He needs he needs a solid. Three out of top four defensemen. He needs one solid pair, and then and and someone on the second pairing. Even if the the other though know, his partner is kind of a, a lackluster one, he'll be okay there. And then you just gotta fill four out of the top six forward positions with solid players and you're good and i think then you're good to go at least to get into a playoff position think, to get to the stanley cup finals and win the cup you're, 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 you're a while away 
Yeah. But it just it's if you look at these guys uh, like uh, he just has to make a couple adjustments. I think is really what it is. Well, I mean, I I saw a, uh, I saw uh, an article where they said that the the Red Wings there was a mock off season. The Red Wings got Nino Niederreiter hmm. and John Klingberg. And I was like, okay, cool. But it also had a trade. I don't think it was a trade. No, it was a signing. It was the third signing was a bold signing. And that was Johnny Goudreau. Now, if you oh, had, no, that would be interesting. Now, if, now if the Rebels signed Goudreau, Klingberg, and Niederreiter. Right there, you're probably putting Bertuzzi on the second line, which helps out. You the should be line. there anyway, yeah. And then you got Klingberg uh, on, the se- on the second line, I think it was. They had it where Klingberg was second line with, um, I forget I think it was Wallman, and the first line was Edmondson and Sider, because one's a left-hand shot, one's a right-handed shot, and the second pair would be right-handed, left-handed shot. And uh, this the center that they had was Bergeron. Second line center was Bergeron, or yeah, Bergeron. And I was like, well, that be that was an interesting one, but I I still think they need a second line center. I think they do too, and I think they need a little more veteran presence on there too, because they're going to lose quite a few of their veterans. They already they already have. You know, that's one thing you got to give. Steve Eiserman credit for, and this is something we alluded to in the last segment is, you know, Steve really is a very, uh, he's a GM who's got a very comprehensive view of things. And you can tell that he's not looking out. Uh, he doesn't look at things one dimensionally. He looks at things multidimensionally. And when he's got veteran players who are still questing for a cup, he doesn't keep them on his team when he knows that it's not going to be a contender. He lets them go. He facilitates trades. Um, and lets those guys have their shot. That's just the kind of guy that he is. So I think that in and of itself tells you that he is um, thinking as much for the players as he is for his team. I think that's going to get him buy-in. And I think that's, that's why people want to come play for Steve, among other reasons. But I think the way he's building this team, uh, you can see coming up in the ranks. You know, people complain about the defensemen, even myself. I mean, I'm very guilty of that. You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, our defense sucks. Oh, my gosh, all we have is Mo Sider. Even Darren McCarty said, you know, yeah, you got one defenseman, one. And, uh, you know, and he was hoping for more. But as far as he's concerned, one reliable defenseman. But if you look at the prospects and the depth inside the prospects, we are very deep when it comes to left-handed defensemen coming up. Uh, Steve's been building that, and now he's just got to get some right-handers. So he gets some right-handed shots in the defenseman um, in his prospects and starts building those up. It would not surprise me to see him draft some right-handed defensemen uh, probably high up in the in his picks as well as some forwards. But I think, I think you're going to see him draft a right-handed defenseman uh, probably in his, you know, in his, somewhere in his first three picks. I don't think he's going to draft defensemen. I think he's going center. I think he's got some good centers. I think he's got to see a lot of centers go against Kosa that are going to be up in that, that range or draft. I think he's going to go after like a Gecky, who's from the Winnipeg Ice. Got a, got some size to him. Pretty good player. There's a cop to him, and that's probably why I think he would go with that guy, which is Braden Point. That's his kind of his cop. I mean, there's the kind uh, what is it? I think it's, uh, what is it? Uh, the guys at the top, they say he's really, really good, but he's also like a hit or miss. I really don't know. Like, uh, 
why these guys that are first overall picks and second overall picks, I don't know what it is the past few years. They've totally struggled. Like a Lafreniere, who was, was supposed to be really, really good, yeah, struggles. Yep. He hasn't even made the top six of the, the Rangers. Like He's sometimes playing on the third line. Like That's not really that great. And the guy like a Philip Chettle, who was like a third-round pick or something, is playing over him. Just goes to show you, you got to hit general managers that are good. You got to hit on the draft picks that are in the second, third, fourth, and fifth rounds. And I think Steve looks for different things than other GMs necessarily look for. I think he looks at stats, he looks at performance, but I think he looks more for where is the potential for um, someone who's teachable. I think he looks for guys who are coachable, teachable, and who have a certain certain amount of uh, – maturity level i think Steve I, really looks for a maturity level in a lot of these guys i think it's the opposite i don't think he looks at a maturity level i mean i'm sure that's what he looks at but i think he looks at the guy the way the guy plays like the does he fight for the puck uh going into the corner does he make the does he try to negate an icing you know that's that's a, that's, a, that's gonna be an icing does he try to like, negate it um does he sell out to block a shot. Like those are things that really, really do matter. And if you look at championship teams like the Lightning, like the uh you know So like, you're saying Steve looks for players that have a more comprehensive view of the game. Yeah. Just like he has more comprehensive yeah, view yeah, of like, the game. Like, like, yeah, like yeah. when you watch Tampa Bay and you watch them block shots in like the critical moments, you're like, what the hell is this like they look like they're like little rock stars out there. Like Yeah. Like, they're just blocking shots, blocking shots, blocking shots, and then the one will go through, and, oh, yeah, Vasilevsky got it. Like, it's just – it's pretty crazy. That's I think that's why he looks for the stuff. He looks like, you know, like Carter Mazur at Denver. Watched him. And the reason that they won the, nat- the national championship wasn't because they had a high score in offense, which they did, but it was because that Carter Mazur, when he was on the penalty kill – he made these plays where, like, he would die for a puck just to get out of the zone. Like, that's that's stuff that is out of the ordinary for a regular player. You know, like diving for a puck. Like, if you miss it, it could be the back or not. I think that's like you see it with Tampa Bay, like the, with mm-hmm. way some like the Ross Colton, the way he plays. And he wasn't a high draft pick, and he plays the he plays the right way. Just that's I think that's I think he looks for a comprehensive guy who can make the plays that matter in a game that decide that really decide the game. I'll tell you a lot of these guys I think that are on the roster right now, I think have hit their ceilings. I really do. And I think that Steve's gonna have to I think make some at, tough choices. I think Raymond and Sutter have they can go top to the top. I think Larkin Oh, has, they're just getting started. I think Larkin hasn't hit his ceiling at all. Um, Bertuzzi, I think he might have hit a ceiling. And these rumors that are going around about him being traded it, this year, it, it's still running rampant. I mean, I love Robbie Fabry, but I think Fabry's hit a yeah, ceiling. See, I think Valeno's had his, hit well, his ceiling. I think Fabry... And see, I like these guys. I think Fabry would be a good third-line guy. Yeah. I think Valeno has the opportunity to become like a third-line center, good fourth-line center, you know? But like... The guy I really have hope for is with Michael Rasmussen because they told they said when he came out for the draft he was going to be a little bit of a gradual grow, you know, because he's a he, he wasn't a great skater and he had to learn how to skate in the NHL. 
Well, so, Dylan think, Larkin, the same thing. He wasn't a strong skater particularly yeah, either. I think, well, he was, he was fast, but he wasn't strong. Right. Yeah. But Rasmussen was different. He was just, he was strong, but he wasn't as fast. And that's, I think that's where he got better. I think he got better as a year went on last year. So I, I think I have high hopes for him this year. So I'm hoping that he can be a guy that we look at and go, okay, he's, he's a guy that's turned it around. I'll tell you one thing I like that I saw out of Rasmussen uh, last season is at the end of the season, he's starting to play the body a little more. He's starting yep. to get a little more physical. He's starting to use, use some of those use, attributes he's got. Use your size. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that was encouraging because that showed that he was willing to change his style of play. It's just like when, they, when you know, Scotty Bowen said to Steve Eiserman, you got to change, you know, your style. You had to be more of a two-way player. I would love to see what Barry Trotz would if, – if Barry Trotz was hired by the Robins, mm-hmm. what he would do with a guy like Rasmussen because Rasmussen is a little bit of a, a wild card. I think he if you get the right coach in here, you can get the most out of him, period. That's going to be exciting to see what they do with this new coach. Just like it'll be exciting to see what the Tigers do with a new GM when they get one. Uh It'll be exciting to see what this new coach does with some of this talent pool, especially down in these prospects, mm-hmm. and seeing when they bring these guys up and when they test them. The one thing, again, huge credit to Steve Eiserman. He does not bring these guys up before they're ready. And I think it will be really interesting to see who makes this roster this yeah. year. That's going to be very interesting. It's going to be interesting who he signs to. Yeah, in the offseason. Because if, sure. if he goes out and makes some splash signings, like two of them, and then he fills out a lot, like a couple roster spots with, like, good style talent, I think that's kind of a clue of what he's trying to, to do. We're going to know soon enough, and that's if this these conference finals don't go to seven games and we don't end up playing hockey on the 4th of July. That would be great. <laughs> that would be amazing. Well, this has been a great episode of Between the Whistles. We will see you next week as we talk more Detroit sports. But uh, we're going to start our – I'm going to start a daily thing with uh, Detroit sports uh, kind of thing on the YouTube channel. So follow, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and mm-hmm. you will get the, the latest daily content. And you might even see me on there from time to time. Uh, she's going to break your TV screen. <laughs> get ready for that. We will see you next week. See you then.